With us this morning is Melissa DeRosa, and she was secretary to Governor Cuomo, which is the most powerful job in New York State. And she's got a new book, and it's going to be a super-duper book, and everybody's waiting to read it. And the title of the book, What's Left Unsaid? My God, the stories that will be told. Melissa DeRosa, good morning. How are you today? I'm great, John. Thanks so much for having me. Are you ready for the grand opening book party and and the breaking of of the book that everybody's been waiting for? (laughs) I'm very excited. The book comes out on Tuesday. It'll be available in all Barnes & Nobles and local bookstores, and you can buy it on Amazon. Um, But, yeah, it's called What's Left Unsaid. And essentially, it chronicles the last two years of the Cuomo administration. So it takes everybody through the behind the scenes, what was actually going on throughout the COVID pandemic when New York was ground zero, literally globally, of the pandemic and sort of brings you into room after room so that readers can understand how decisions were being made, what conversations were being had, what deliberations were going on, you know, the back and forth with Trump and Kushner, the back and forth with de Blasio. Um, And so it really chronicled, I think, what was one of the most important moments um, for our city, our state, our country in the last hundred years. And then, of course, brings readers through into 2021 when the administration was engulfed in scandal and tells the truth sort of never before told story of what was happening behind the scenes through all of that and through to the end of the administration and then what we've learned since. So I think people will find it fascinating. I think that people who are looking to to know the truth of what was going on will, will think there's tons of revelations in here. And I'm really excited to get it on bookshelves. And uh, during that period of time of COVID, uh, uh uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo was having a two-hour press conference almost every day, and I remember you sitting right next to him. Yeah, for 111 days, John. I mean, it, it was it's not an exaggeration to say that he was playing the role of, you know, de facto commander-in-chief during that period of time. You know, it wasn't just New York. The whole country's eyes were on him when we were sort of going through that really scary time, and there was a massive leadership gap. And he stepped into the void and I think, you know, played the role of commander in chief and was a comforting voice. And we provided facts as we knew them. Um, And I think we created sort of a model for the rest of the country to follow on how to fight back against the COVID-19 pandemic. And and, uh, did, did politicians in Washington, because there was rumors going around, and I'm sure this might be in the book, I'm not sure, because uh, I have not read it yet, and I have not seen it yet, uh, did they get upset that Andrew Cuomo was thinking of running for president? Well, you know, I talk about in the book, and it was actually leaked a couple of days ago, that in 2019, before COVID, um, Andrew Cuomo was contemplating potentially running for president. And he and I flew down to Virginia, and he met with Steve Reschetti and Vice, then Vice President Biden, about that contemplation, and they talked him out of it, um, essentially saying, you know, you would cannibalize the middle. We would end up with someone like an Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders. You're young. You can run again next time. 
And so, you know, he deferred to the then vice president and decided not to run in 2020. And then, boom, the pandemic hits. He he was being recognized internationally as the de facto commander in chief. Many in the party said that they should replace uh, Biden with Andrew Cuomo at that point on the ticket, thinking that he would have the greatest chance against Trump and that he was already sort of playing that leadership role nationally. Um, And so there was a lot of jealousy. There was a lot of jousting behind the scenes on all different sides. Um, A lot of that informed how Trump was sort of posturing with us throughout. Um, So I get into all of that in the book, and I think people will find it fascinating. So is there a possibility that uh, uh, the bullet, I guess you have to read the book to find out, the bullet came from um, Washington? Well, the bullet came from Tish James when she issued that report, but the minute that the president of the United States said... But I'm sure somebody gave her permission to do it. (laughs) Well, I don't know whether or not she she sought anyone's permission, but certainly the minute that Joe Biden, who was then the president of the United States, said he had to resign, it certainly caused this tsunami effect where once the president of the United States says it, everybody jumps on board. And, you know, it was deeply disappointing. Um, And I thought really out of character for somebody like Joe Biden, for him to go out and say, I haven't read the report. I don't know the details, but he needs to resign. And, you know, this was a man who Joe Biden himself has been accused of sexual assault and sexual harassment. And he, you know, for him to be so glib about the consequences of that call for resignation, what it meant in terms of essentially overturning a duly elected government, I thought was just totally out of step with who Joe Biden is. And so, yeah, I get into all of that in the book and, you know, how everything sort of came to a head at that very end in August of 2021. And I can tell you what's been reported out there on much of both the COVID crisis and the uh, the Me Too allegations against the governor um, has not been factual and has not been told from a firsthand account. Much of it has been reported based on sources who had their own motivations, based on press who had their own sort of politics. And so this will be the first time there's, you know, a firsthand account of what was going on throughout the entire ordeal. And I think for New Yorkers in particular, given the consequences of what happened, and I mean, look around now, there's such a lack of leadership on so many levels. The consequences of that report of the governor's force resignation and what's followed, um, it should matter to people. And I know a lot of people would rather just move on. The press in particular doesn't want to revisit any of this. But, you know, a government overturned and there was a lot of corruption and there's a lot of um, things that were said in the press that weren't true. And so I think that people will find it eye opening, uh, the level of detail and the facts and the information. And so I urge people to go out and pick it up on Tuesday. We've got a minute left. What other teasers do you have for us? <laughs> well, I uh, I get into, you know, an issue with a New York Times reporter and I, the New York Times reporter who was uh, who was the head reporter covering the Me Too, you know, allegations against the governor, actually had his own uh, inappropriate engagement with me. Times knew about it at the highest levels. They did absolutely nothing about it. I mean, I just think it totally underscores the hypocrisy of the New York Times, which sort of dictates to the world how they believe we should live when they themselves don't follow their own, you know, purported rules. Um, I get into a lot of the behind the scenes jockeying with Tish James around the report. 
uh, bring people into the room with Jared Kushner and Donald Trump for meetings in Washington in the Oval Office at the height of the pandemic and you know, when certain decisions were made and cut and what projects were being dangled over us in order to keep us quiet and not be critical of Trump. And so there's there's a lot in there. It's, it's really choose your own adventure. I think people will find it. And, it. and it's also deeply personal. I talk a lot about my marriage falling apart. I talk a lot about my mental health issues during that period. I talk a lot about my infertility problems that I was facing while all this was going on. And so I think people will find it incredibly eye-opening. I think that they will find that the truth is stranger than fiction. And I hope they pick it up on Tuesday. And I will come back after it's out. And you've had a chance to look at it, John, and we can get into some of the details. Well, I look forward. Well, it's Melissa DeRosa, once the most powerful woman in Albany. You could not see the governor unless you went through Melissa. And uh, I look forward to reading your book, and I am sure it's going to be a lot of hot stories in it. And uh, we'll catch up right after that. Thanks so much, John. Great to be on. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 